Welcome to the Other F Word Podcast with Morgan, Sarah, and Melissa, where we talk about that dreaded word, failure. Join us as we explore the messy, tragic, funny, and inspiring stories that make us human. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Other F Word Podcast. We are excited today to have Krista Davy DeGee um, here with us, and she writes over at alifeinprogress.ca. And we're pumped to have you, Krista. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, don't say that yet, Krista. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I'm out then, Morgan. Gone. <laughs> well, as long as you're into talking about heavy topics, all about failure, then, then you'll have a good time. If you are, then, then, you're then we're the good. Right, you're at the right place. You're in the right place. Yeah, I don't do small talk very well. So <laughs> Neither do we, so then we're, we're going to be golden. Perfect. Well, we had a lot. Uh, we posted your article about mediocrity. And oh, okay. we had a huge response and a lot of interest, so we thought it would be great to talk with you and hear more about your story. And then right. reading more about you, we realized, wow, you have had such a history and so much self-reflection on the stuff we love to talk about. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm going to start this by saying I actually have been struggling lately, so I do not want to cry, and it is entirely possible that could happen, but th- I'm not going to say sorry because that's part of who I am. Um, uh, we're, we love criers. Well, okay. And we, we do appreciate honesty and vulnerability, so um, don't censor yourself if yeah. you can. We'll all be You're, crying You are in a safe end. place. I know that we are strangers, <laughs> so it's an odd thing, but... Okay. Well, yeah, it's we, hard. I mean, it's my, it's much more comfortable to chat about this stuff from a place like when you're oh, feeling abs- great, right? Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. So I, I do have a history of struggling with anxiety and depression and it started as a, a, just a little person. And I, you know, I think I always felt kind of unlovable, kind of unworthy, even though I had parents who loved me and I have a husband who loves me and all of that. I just struggle with this. And often feeling like, why can't I just do this thing called life more easily? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, um, so hear you. I do well for periods of time. And then, you know, recently I just published a post that was just hard to publish just a couple days ago saying, here I am back in the valley again, and it sucks and I hate it and it scares me and I don't want to be here. And I don't know what else to do, but be honest about it because I think being honest about it saves me like it yeah it anchors me and it makes me not be allowed anymore to retreat and hide and spiral downward but also my heart is so desperately to offer light or hope and encouragement to other people and not because I think I have the answers but just because I'm saying like here I am with you on this journey And I have fought hard hmm. for life, not, not just wholeness. I mean, life, like, I mean, I tried to kill myself three times and I've gone through other periods where I just kind of wish I could opt out. And it's kind of horrifying to say that yeah. out loud. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it feels but horrifying, it is. But, yeah. but it's so brave it's because so, so, honest. so many people struggle with what you're talking about. And yet Sometimes there's no language for it or no safe place to express it. And you're taking a leap. And I imagine 
um, you have a profound impact on people. Have you experienced that? Has that given you some sort of hope when you reach other people and inspire other people or just yeah. normalize I, I mean, it? I love that. Like, I mean, so I feel like I'm selfish. I feel like as much as I want to inspire and encourage other people, I need it. Like yeah, I need to right. write and, and yet absolutely is meaningful to me when other people say, I hear you or you've offered me, you know, just the light that I needed to just get through, you know, or you told me that I'm not alone and that makes a world of difference. So yeah, that feeds me. Right. And it, and it inspires me to just keep being me and just keep offering this small gift that I have. And I think it is a gift. I'm a perfectionist. Like there's just this sense of unworthiness, a sense of never being enough, no matter what I do. All like, seriously, I've done so much work on learning to love myself and practicing self-compassion. And But I know, like I look around and I, I just, it's so easy for me to just see what I didn't do, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and there's incredible wounding. So it's like, it's my business. Like I have to take personal responsibility, but it's like, if, a, if somebody criticizes me, it's, I mean, we, it's not fun for any of us, but it's like, for me, it's almost like this deep knife in the heart. It's like, it just confirms all those things I've believed about myself forever. Right. And I have to really work to step back and say, okay, wait a second. That is not your identity. That's not, they don't get to tell you who you are and all of that stuff. Right. So I do even want to say like, like for instance, that mediocre post, the response was overwhelming and people loved it or they hated it. And I took a lot of criticism and, but you know what, what I think. And so I want to say two things. Number one, I couldn't have even done that writing two years ago. Like I've wanted to write since I was in university, but I didn't have the courage. And, and now I can, I can see that criticism and meanness or whatever, and I can remove myself from that and realize that's about them more than it is about me. Um, but also what, what, what I need to focus on too, is like all the people who said, I feel heard. Me too. The people who get it, who have been in the place that I've been, I don't have to justify or explain because all they're saying is like, I understand what you're saying. And that's who I'm writing for, right? I'm not writing for the people who have never felt this way. And yet, hopefully the people who have never felt this way, you're raising some awareness or, or maybe helping hopefully with some empathy, um, that, that this is real and that this is out there. And, you know, on our podcast, because we talk so much about failure and struggle, we talk about having the courage to put yourself out there and not feel like a failure when you get the criticism. That's really hard. So the fact that you've been able to do that just just in, in sharing your story. You know, I, I think doing this podcast, the people who have really gotten vulnerable and like laid themselves on the line, that's where people really connect and like, um, you know, it's in our brokenness that we connect more than our perfection. You know, perfection's not a connecting kind of no, vehicle. It's so often your vulnerability is where it is. But our minds have trouble learning that because we keep wanting to kind of present an image. And when we break that image is actually when people, you know, we allow people in. So I think that's what's so awesome about what you're saying and doing. Getting back to your article just briefly, 
um, the one about mediocrity that you've referred to and that we've referred yeah. to. Great title, by the way. What if yeah. all I want is a mediocre life? Yeah, I love, love that. that. What if all I want is a mediocre life? Um, can you just give a brief um, description of the article? Sure. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, and I actually published that over a year ago. So, um, oh my gosh. But yeah, I think recently some people in North America picked it up, but over a year ago, um, the UK really picked it up. And uh, we're circulating it, and then it disappeared. And then, anyway, it's, you know, okay, so actually, people have really critic. like, it's funny how people read 800 words of your life, like this tiny snapshot, and they jump to all sorts of conclusions about who you are. That's yeah. um, unfortunate. That's so true, but, though. I think it's so common. I know. And I realize, okay, I, I think I do that, too. So I have to be careful. I wrote that one day in tears. Actually, like literally in tears. And, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time, this work of healing and becoming whole and learning to love myself and all of that. But there I was again, just feeling like, what am I going to do? I I cannot keep up all these voices and, you know, everything I see that's just telling me, like, I have to do this and I have to do that and you know, and I just thought, I can't do it. I don't want it. And, and this is the truth of who I am. Like no matter in any area of our life, we can hear the message that we're not good enough, right? So it could be our marriage, we watch the sitcom or the little movie, whatever, romantic comedy, and we see all the ways that our relationship doesn't measure up or I was a homeschooler for 15 years, so I'd read these books and they, you know, picture dad coming and lighting a fire and reading classic novels to the kids. And I had to stop reading them. I like, do that what? all the time, by the way. <laughs> do you? Constantly doing it. Oh, yeah. My kids oh, yeah. are like, it's LA, it's 80 degrees outside. Why are you making a fire? <laughs> like, it's what I do. But it's like, no matter how hard I have tried in my life, I, I just what I would see, you know, is I just fail. I try, I try, I try, can't do it. Anyway, so really the article is kind of pushing back, I think, against some of the messages that tell us we're never pretty enough, never young enough, never thin enough, never Mm -hmm. good enough in any way. But also, I do think that we are our harshest critic. Yeah. And I think the meanest messages have often come from me. Mm, interesting. Right. It mm-hmm. isn't. It isn't the fault of other people that want to achieve or do more or aspire to something else. It's this thing in me that has said, "Oh, look, you're not keeping up again." Right. Oh, look, you dropped the ball. Oh, look, you're never going to be a good enough writer. Like, why try? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that I'm just fighting. I think so. I don't, I don't love the word fighting against, but I guess challenging, you know, coming up against, challenging, yeah. saying, okay, this has to stop. Yeah, yeah. And yet, I mean, I, I completely agree that it's how we respond to our environment. That's, you know, everything. Um, you know, you get people who are dealt a huge ball of crap. I'm sorry, mind my French, but they... Uh, you know, they can respond really positively or, or you get people who are dealt the most amazing hand and they are depressed all the time. So I think, you know, again, it comes back to wiring 
And at the same time, we do live in a world that is so rife with pressures and expectations and everywhere you look. And that's, in fact, what in part what inspired this and motivated this podcast, because we were all feeling the same way, that it's also alienating and it's also much pressure and it's so depressing. It leaves you feeling empty and depressed. So you're not you're not alone in that. And it's something that I think is very much a social, you know, cultural experience um, in many places around the world. And there's this, um, you know, fear of being vulnerable. There's this notion of strength in, um, and power in, in being emotionally shut off. But, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to push back against that as well. So, yeah. Well, and I, I think, love that. I think Krista, what you're also doing is, um, speaking your truth in the moment of despair. And I think that's really hard for people. I think we, we often will talk about, um, that it's easier to speak from your scars than your open wounds. And mm-hmm. um, it sounds like you are brave enough to speak from both. And that's really unique. That's yeah. really, yeah. A, you know, a brave... It is, it's, it is very it is. brave. It's, it's, a, it's a brave undertaking. And yet I think if more people can do that, you can realize you can get through these dark moments and not have to hide and go into more isolation. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just curious just to back up a little bit. You said you've been struggling, um, since you were young and, and that you had three suicide attempts. Um, as a child, did, did you find that help was attempted and it just didn't work? Well, I'm, I'm curious. Now, I don't think people like talked about, I mean, I guess I can't speak to anybody else's family. I think in my family, like, okay, just another example. I had a childhood disease that deformed my left hip. So I lived in chronic pain. Wow. That's significant. Most of my life. That's significant in terms of depression. we didn't talk about it. Wow. Wow. Like, I, I had bouts where I couldn't walk. And we just, you sort of just, like, I never had help with pain. I never had help with, like, we just didn't talk about that. Like. And it's like my parents, I have incredible admiration for who they were. They were like very giving, very compassionate people, very social justice oriented in their own ways. But I just, I hid very easily. I already kind of, that was my nature. But then I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to talk. I, I will say like I was about 10 years old and I stood there and I told my dad, I remember it, at least this is my memory, you know, whether it's accurate or not. And I said, he was, I think we were arguing a little bit about something and I said, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 18 anyways. Mm. Oh, that wow. was my one ask for help. Yeah. That was it. That's a cry. And how did he respond? I don't remember him responding at all, but I, but I do remember feeling like my dad kind of just thought I was dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he loved, like he loved me. Like I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Right. But I think my parents, were amazing and they were doing the best they knew right right and they just weren't equipped about things yeah yeah they just didn't know how to deal with your emotions no and I didn't know what to do so sure. when I was hurting so badly I would actually I would end up what I needed so desperately was love and connection but I would lash out my mouth would get me in trouble yeah which so is common I too opposite. I think I think that's very right. common because you're feeling so uh, vulnerable and so in so much pain and it's very hard to to do what you're exactly what Melissa just said you're doing now and I think that's something that you learn 
as an adult, you learn that you, you don't necessarily have that as an automatic thing. Well, I, and it's often easier to get attention for anger than it is for pain or sadness or, or vulnerability. So I think that asking for love is pretty hard. It's easier to be a jerk. Like really. <laughs> That's true. Right. And and it's you were true. you were asking for a certain kind of care that goes beyond love, that your parents probably didn't know what to do and and maybe professionals weren't so readily available. Um but like, I, you bring like up such even a, doctors. Like so uh, when my so then later at eighteen I had tried again to kill myself, it didn't work. I realized I can't do this anymore. It hurts too much. So to try and fail. And so I realized, okay, I have to figure out how to live. I didn't know what that would look like. So then I would just go from addiction to addiction, like numbing, right? Like sex, binge yeah, eating, right. not eating, exercise, ordering my environment. Like it didn't matter. I would wow, just you kind tried of like, everything. Yeah. Like it would just be like, I would try to like let go of one thing, but then find myself right back in another because I hadn't healed. Right. You hadn't addressed so, the root of it. Root. Yeah. So, so anyway, Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, so I'm curious, so how did you heal? Like, what was your healing process? Um, Did you get therapy? Did you get medication? Did you have pain relief? I never have, but like... um, We never got therapy through all of that. Well, about three years ago, for the first time, I did meet with a psychologist for about six months. Wait a minute. And my jaws dropped. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. So... Just not not to cut you off, but I think this is so interesting for listeners um, that all of your attempt for self-regulation and soothing um, were pretty extreme, right? There were suicide attempts and eating disorders and, and you know... Self-destructive behavior. Right. Nobody said hey, maybe this girl needs some psychological help. Maybe she needs some support. No. And honestly, I think, and I write about this, and it's a source of sometimes pain and frustration for me, is that I mask well. People Mm. look at me and they see, oh, she's an honor student. Oh, Mm. she looks like she's got it all together. Like people would say that, they say to me all the time, you're so calm and you're so patient. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. And it's, it's on some level, you must have um, enjoyed being able to get that feedback from people that you were able to pull it off, that you were able to... Actually, no, it just, it, it hurt me a lot because mm-hmm. what I always wanted was, don't you, the people to just like see me. Yeah. Like yeah. really see right. me and right. stop thinking that, oh, because I'm an honor student, that means I'm okay. Yeah. Like, why like it's actually so no it didn't help me and it didn't make me feel good at all it just i and maybe that's why i write like i just i just say like just i'm so i hate fake you guys like i hate it (laughs) so do we with a passion Yeah. yeah we do too well, and there's so honesty it, in writing. You can have a, there's a bit of a wall or distance, I guess, between you and the words in a sense so that you can be a little bit more open and vulnerable as opposed to being face to face with someone, I guess. Is that, is that how you, you would characterize it? I think so. Like I'm a really strong introvert. And so, but writing is like, well, there's a screen between me and you. Yeah. Yeah. And I can put things on paper and yeah, like it's just, it's different. And I, 
Well, yeah, yeah, it's and easier. So you so, went I'm, you went three years ago to a psychologist, you said? Yeah, I did. That was a really hard time for me. I um I was going through a hip replacement. I could barely walk even with a cane. My dad was diagnosed with cancer. We'd already lost my mom to cancer and many other family members. Um, I was studying again, homeschooling three kids, and I was falling apart. I was doing my best to hold it together for other people. And then when we buried my dad, it's like my soul just cracked. Mm. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah, and it was just like this torrent of pain and grief and, you know, like, I'd always had, I felt like this. I I was second oldest in a family of 12 kids. Oh, my God. And, yeah, yeah, and I always felt like I needed to make sure everybody else was okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Not rock the boat. I saw pain in our family. I saw hurt. I just wanted, I just wanted everybody to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, my husband and I had always been the ones we would be called to rush to this side. Like if there was an illness or an issue, come take care of the little kids. And we always did the right thing. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was just like, I am not this strong person that you guys think I am. Yeah. Well, you needed someone to take care of you. yeah. Yeah. And I just crumbled. Anyway, I was, in a dark place, I knew I was in bad trouble. And I, so I'm talking about this because I think I want people to hear this. Like if somebody else listens, this is how I felt. I was on my treadmill trying to do the right thing, trying to take care of myself. And I had this picture. I knew it was like I was standing on the edge of this cavern and it was dark and it was deep. And I knew I was one, like one footstep away from falling in mm. And I was not okay. Yeah, terrifying. And I didn't quite know what that meant. I just knew I had to ask for help. And it was one of the first times I ever spoke up actually and said, I need help. And I told my husband and, and I, I mean, I still was the one who had to do the work and find a psychologist and all of that. And I <laughs> go and advocate for myself with a doctor and I had been studying in holistic health for a long time. So I, I knew there was a hormonal imbalance. Anyway, so I was, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's at the time, which absolutely affects my anxiety. Yes. And um, and I did that time with a psychologist, and it was scary. Like, he listened to me pour out so much darkness and hopelessness. Yeah. And he just, he just did it without judgment, right? And it was like nobody else could have handled what I had to say (laughs) at that point I don't think and did it help oh yeah oh totally like just the fact that this person would hear me yeah yeah finally finally yeah Yeah. anyway I actually am going to meet with him again soon I realize I I um I'm not back there where I was but I I realize I'm in transition and I'm I'm, I need the support and I'm going to meet with him again. It's, I think it's easy yeah. to not get help because you think you can do it on your own and that you don't really want advice. You, but but the, the power of just being heard and, and the, the power, power probably of just saying speaking it. it. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. just giving it out, speaking source. it out. All this stuff that's been in, inside you has got to be... Because we talk a lot on this podcast when you are in a struggle and feeling like you're failing or feeling like you're a failure that it's so easy to hide because there's so much shame and there's so much overwhelm and you can get so stuck. 
And there's so much pressure to just figure it out on your own and to, to know when to ask for help, whether it's professional help, whether it's help from a family member or a friend or a mentor, just to, to come out of yourself and say, I'm in need. And, yeah. you know, that is so courageous and so simple. And yet so powerful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, or a medical doctor, because like with the Hashimoto's, like um, for, I don't know if you guys know what that yeah. is, but it's an autoimmune thyroid disease. And when your thyroid is malfunctioning, that affects your mood balance. Yeah, like that everything. plays a huge, huge role on, you know, your ability to stay constant. And so I needed a supplemental thyroid hormone. I have tissue destruction. Like that was important. So, I mean, I want people to ask for help. And like you said, you gave many examples, but sometimes it actually is also getting medical help, looking for a deficiency. You know, if you're anemic, you might be having intense anxiety. If you have, you know what I mean? Like there might be this other root cause as well. Well, And actually, you know, as a therapist, when someone comes into my office and they're struggling with depression and anxiety, the first thing you have to do is refer them to a medical practitioner to rule out anything physical. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that can be the root of so much of the emotional struggle. So that's good for people to know to start there. You don't end there. You know, that's just a start. You also Mm -hmm. want to tend to the emotional struggle. But I think you bring up such a good point that you know, if there's something medical or hormonal or physiological going on, that can be so easily addressed in a way in terms of treatment. And sometimes it's not easily addressed. Like, I mean, for me, it's actually been years of, you know, you adjust thyroid hormones, you do good for a while, and then things, you know, happen or, you know, like, it's not always easy. And so I feel like people need to know that it's okay. Like, it's like, there isn't a quick fix always. There isn't a magic pill, but if we persist, if we just hit, you know, one day at a time, you just do the next right thing. Like it's like, I guess it's something that has really like one of the things that I say a lot and I've had to learn is baby steps count. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That's so true. And so it isn't always about knowing how am I going to get out of this? What's, what's tomorrow going to be like? It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, what are you going to do right now? What, what's the next step now? So true. It's really great point because it's so easy to get ahead of yourself and get discouraged that your big leap didn't take care of everything, that it really is tolerating the, the slower pace of feeling better and and the work it takes yeah and little things i like to think sometimes like little things over time compound mm-hmm. you know yeah, just, yeah. just kind of yeah. it's the little steps i think sometimes those are the most life-changing yeah. yeah and it is so important to persist i love that point because it doesn't happen overnight and i do think we live in a world where that's an expectation the easy fix for dieting for you know for weight loss health yep. for you know relationships Again, and- Totally. And again, I feel like that's fake people. Yeah, it's fake. Exactly. It's it's not reality. um, Because all it, no, and it makes you feel like a big Big failure when it doesn't work for you. So I'd like to address the idea that like people, the word choice was very controversial to other people. And honestly, I'm like, I love words. I love turning over (laughs) words. I love hashing out words. I love to challenge people with words. So I mean, give me a break. Okay. Like you don't have to overanalyze the title of a post, but, um, but 
this is the main thing. When I decided that I actually am mediocre and it is okay. Like, so people will challenge that and say, but your life sounds beautiful. I'm like, yeah, it also does sound beautiful, doesn't it? But me as a person, I, I really look at me and I think, you know what? It is okay for me to be mediocre right? in mm. the middle. Just okay. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have some strengths and I have a lot of weaknesses, but I'm like, but I'm okay. And it's like, when I actually finally came to that realization, that is the moment where I felt like really this shame and comparison broke Wow, for me. Interesting. And it's not like it was the only thing because like I've been working at this for a long time, but it was like, it's like when I finally kind of realized that, so even with writing, because like I love to write, but it's like, I know I'm not the greatest writer. There are a lot of people who are amazing, amazing writers. And I'm kind of like, but it doesn't matter because I get to use my voice. That's right. all yeah. that matters. You, you gave yourself permission to be okay. Yeah, you let yourself off the hook. Right. And totally. To, and to reference one of my favorite movies of all time with my favorite actor of all time, Jimmy Stewart, It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it says it's a wonderful life, but his wonderful life is realizing that his, what he thought was his mediocre life is beautiful. So it's reframing. Have y'all never seen? I mean, you're looking at me like it's <laughs> no. I'm just holiday classic. You. you know, because he's very yeah. frustrated that is that he doesn't have this. this you know, he wanted to go. He yeah. wanted to go do all these extraordinary things, and at the end, he realizes what he has is wonderful. Yeah, you know. Well, it, it's an it can free you up. It can free you up to actually like yourself. I was going to say it's it's the opposite of perfectionism, or maybe it's yeah. the middle ground. Maybe it's the middle ground. Mediocrism. So Yeah, Yeah, it's the place of good enough. I think that's kind of what I want to say. It's just this like place of I'm okay. It's I'm okay. I I don't have to live up to your expectations. Yep, right. But but you know, like and and that maybe that shows up in different ways for all of us because I am a person with like competing desires. Like I I love to learn. Like I would go back to university, like probably for my whole life. I just love to learn. Like so, I'm always like. I'm not sitting around watching TV. I mean, that doesn't make me feel joyful. Like I'm always kind of pushing and learning. But if I can do that and kind of also honor like my limitations, like and just say, but this is who I am. If I can take that to a really practical level, I think one of the reasons that I've been struggling lately again Okay, I hope I, this is weird. I haven't actually said this to anybody out loud, but all of a sudden, my work was getting shared more. And my Facebook following was just growing and all of that. And I got scared. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, what happened is I thought, crap, <laughs> how am I going to keep this up? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, I, I thought, I can't do this because I see people sharing posts five times a day and doing all this. And I'm like, and my anxiety spiking. And I'm like, I can't do that. I don't want that. So then I'm like, I'm just going to quit then. Yeah. And the very thing that was giving me joy writing and just offering this voice, you know, whatever I have now, all of a sudden I was back to feeling like, Oh, now I have to measure up again. That's interesting. That's I, so and I thought, but nobody told me that. No, right? no. It's just like this. And so internal expectation. And so I had that... to t- 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a break from social media and step back and realize, look, I, I can't compete in that world. I just can't. I don't want it. I can't. I, I do. Like, I'm not going to pretend I don't love it when people share my words. Of right. course I do. I don't think, does anybody write and not want people to be changed by their words? Right. Like, my guess is no. <laughs> I think we write because we do want people to respond. So Positively, yeah. But I can't keep up with what I see to be sort of the the expectation or like what how do you grow a business or how do you do and I'm just like it's overwhelming to me and so I've had I'm having to step back again and saying okay that's one of your limitations you crumble under that like so how do you continue to live with joy how do you continue to just you you know write and love people and offer encouragement but it but within these boundaries that permit you to function well so it's so well, yeah. It's so interesting because when you talk about the word mediocre, um, there's there's so much safety in it because there there's an acceptance of this is who I am and I know myself. And then it sounds like you put yourself out there and it, and you took it to beyond maybe a little bit more exceptional where people had a really profound um, response to you. And it sounds like maybe that really overwhelmed you because now you will have to go beyond mediocre, Mm -hmm. go beyond your safety net. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and yet I do believe in growth, right? Like, it's like, I, I do want to continue to grow and heal, but I don't want to feel like I have to perform. Like a pressure to, to that's what I was going to say. Yeah. A pressure to perform. That's, That's what comes up in my mind when you're talking about this, that there's this sort of pressure to be something that you don't perceive yourself as being yeah, so right. and then I'm right on. back to where I was right as where a were. kid where I yeah. felt like I could never keep up or measure up so I'm like so then you know so yeah. I'm like God, I'm almost 46 like surely I would have figured this out by now but, <laughs> but I think it's such it's an ongoing still, thing I mean yeah, it's like you said it's it's the persistence it's the process it's the little steps the one foot in front of the other um and it's you know life is ever changing and presenting new challenges and new obstacles and and you know, circumstances change. So and there's no arriving. In some that's sense. right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. We yeah. always talk about that here. Um, that once you have these epiphanies or figure yourself out that you feel like you've arrived, it's almost like there's a hope that you're done with the hard work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just when you feel that way and get comfortable, life throws you a curveball that reminds you there's no arrival. You're not yeah. done. You're not, you're not safe in your little box if you want to grow. Yeah, if you, you want know, to grow, I think if, that's so key. Because here's the thing, you know, here I am talking about this stuff. And I, you know, we all talk about it on a regular basis. And yet, when it comes to my own personal experience, there are so many times that everything I'm saying <laughs> doesn't, doesn't kind of come to mind. It doesn't apply. It's not like I sit there logically thinking, oh, well, I know that things are going to be okay, because this is all a process. I mean, there's, there's constantly that emotional struggle, I think. And that's what you're describing, even once you've learned, and you've grown, and you've process there's it's it it can still be hard because you know that muscle isn't always an automatic muscle that you're able to flex in the moment of of need and feeling you know vulnerable and feeling and struggling um so i think that's all the more reason that you know we need to reach out to people and and get get them to help us with that and remind us of these things yeah um just the question that i wanted to ask you earlier um, as it related to your article and I think is is relevant to what you were just talking about is 
how, how did you react when you got the negative feedback to your article? Because, you know, you're saying that you had positive feedback and that felt overwhelming. What was what was your reaction to the, some of the negative feedback? How did you handle it? I actually, lo- I don't love conflict, but I actually really love conversation. So um, people who, I f- like it seems to me that they're thoughtful in their response. They might disagree. They might challenge me a little bit, but like I'm open to that actually. And then in fact, I actually really enjoy that kind of conversation as long as it's not mean. Um, so I, I think I handled it well. I just, I, what I realized, I think little by little was like, oh, it's just okay because the people, if you've never lived with this feeling in you, you've never struggled with anxiety. Cause I feel like some of it was judgment. Like they called, some people called me a parasite. Like I'm wow. just this lazy parasite in society. I'm like, what? Like you got that out of my 800 yeah. words? Like yeah. I'm not, a, I don't oh, understand, shoot. but yeah, that stuff is a little bit more noise and nonsense. But um, I think, okay, well, I mean, I don't love the negative comments, but I I think some people just haven't been in this place, so they don't understand, and that's okay. And also, what I would like for people to get is, I never said I was telling you what to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Like, go, right. if, you, if you're this, like, you thrive on busyness and you just, you have this mission and it's driving you and you also are taking care of yourself and your relationships. I celebrate that. Like, I'm not trying to put my little, you know, my desires on you. I never said I was. So like, just walk away if it doesn't serve you. You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know why people feel like just one, a snapshot of one person's life doesn't mean they're telling you that you're wrong if you don't also want a slow and simple life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Well, I love that you stayed so grounded even in the criticism. I mean, that's, that's so interesting to me that it was the, the positive feedback that was more overwhelming. That's, that's, it's a really interesting point. And, um, but you know, what's so interesting to me is just thinking about your history that, um, there was no talking when you were young about what you were struggling with. And had there been, you know, perhaps you would have been freed up from a lot of your pain and struggle. So hopefully people who are listening will take that as one thing to always do with children is, is to talk about what kids are struggling with and to listen and, and be curious and, and do something about it. But I think about now you get to talk and now people are listening, even if it's, it's critical feedback um, people are listening. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. You get to, through your writing, you now get to, you know, let it out. Yeah. It's very cool. And have an impact. Where when you were a kid, you, you there there was not an impact. So I think it's a really profound um, message. There, You have so many profound messages, but but so important in terms of, you know, what, what we love here is is conversations. Time to talk about things that are painful and time to figure out together as a community what to do differently and so mm-hmm. thank you and so I much love I love hard conversations yeah. like my son he's he just turned 21 we talk about racism and feminism and abortion and any like anything where we never have the clear answer but we turn it over and we we think you know we challenge each other and we dig for more information and yep. we like I'm like oh, that makes me so happy yeah. to be able to just like 
dig in because I, I feel like I, I'm not black and white. I feel like I do live in the land of gray and maybe I was more black and white. I wanted rules. I wanted them because they made me feel safer. I think they do for everyone. Well, and then I realized I can't, that's not real. I don't, I don't actually live there. Like I have to come out of the safety of black and white if I'm ever going to heal, if I'm ever going to deal with these conflicting feelings or emotions or beliefs or whatever. So anyway, I just love those, these avenues like your blog, like, or not your blog, your podcast to have just hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's what we are uh, loving doing because there's so much to talk about. That is so hard. And we so appreciate you coming to add to that conversation here with us on the podcast. We really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Krista. And, really great. And you're a healer in in as a profession. So where can people find you? They can find me at alifeinprogress.ca. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Other F Word Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast and visit us online at theotherfwordpodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'd love to hear your stories of struggle with failure. You can contact us at info at theotherfwordpodcast.com. See you next time.